This week, I've got Rob Yogel, a former co-worker of mine, a great guy, and we're going to go deep into content marketing, a topic I think is pretty interesting and has some real impact to the businesses that adopt some of the methodologies. So uh, enjoy the conversation and uh, feel free to reach out to me if you have any suggestions for other topics that I might hit on or like to be interviewed. Thanks. All right. I'd like to welcome everyone to the second episode of the Agents of E-Commerce podcast. Today, I have uh, Mr. Rob Yogel. Rob and I worked together, I would say, a little over a couple of years ago. We were together at Monetate for just about three years. Rob comes to us as a content marketer. He's been in the field for a long time. He, he came up in the uh, journalism field and migrated his way towards digital and editorial as well. So um, I'd like to introduce to Rob. Rob, tell us a little about yourself and what got you into this space. Thanks a lot, Eric, for having me. Yeah, I uh, came up as a, as a journalist, uh, aspiring journalist. And uh, my dream was to work uh, at the sports desk of the Philadelphia Inquirer and uh, soon realized that um, that might not be the best goal for various reasons. And the Philly sports teams sucked. At much. that point, at that time, yeah, yeah they, 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 they definitely did. Um, although I did work for the Inquirer for, for a year, but just not at their sports desk. Uh, but realized that, uh, you know, I wasn't going to make a career and a great living uh, being a journalist um, for various reasons, hours, salary, whatever, you name it. Uh, so what I did was I started to get into digital marketing and digital publishing and ran the digital division of a trade publisher for over a decade. So I got into digital marketing, digital media, uh, but still kind of kept an eye on journalism and writing because I had a, you know, worked with a team of, of writers who uh, produced content online. Uh, then fast forward to you know, our time at Monetate. Uh, there was this term content marketing that was getting hot in the uh, 2010, 2011 time period. And uh, Monetate was looking for somebody to join their marketing team and run content marketing. And as you alluded to, I did that for about two and a half years and then was recruited away to be the VP of marketing at an edu educational technology company. And I did that for about four and a half years. And now I'm working with nonprofits, small businesses, startups uh, as a consultant and trying to help them develop not only their content strategies, but uh, their marketing strategies as a whole as well. Oh, nice. Good, good background. So um, if you could, for us, define content marketing as you see it, because again, it's a term that gets thrown out there a lot. And I'm not sure if it's been adequately sort of explained. So content marketing has evolved, right? And, and you talk to some people and they even say, well, content marketing is dead, right? And I certainly don't agree with that. But I'll take it in kind of three phases. So content marketing 1.0 was creating content around your brand or your products or services and not leading with uh, what, what you do but more uh, why you do it um, and how you do it. Uh, so it was more about educating and getting in front of a potential buyer, but when they were ready to, to purchase from you. So 
content marketing started with let's just create a blog. You know, let's just create ebooks or white papers for lead gen or infographics. Let's just create different types of content than maybe typical sales collateral that, you know, an organization would go out in front of their prospects uh, or customers with. So then it evolved. Then it became, well, we're creating this great content, but how do we measure its effectiveness? Um, and how do we distribute it to the right people and the right audience? Because if you just create content and no one's consuming it, you're not going to be successful. And if you don't create content and, and, and are able to analyze and measure those kind of consumption metrics, you know, you're not doing content marketing. So that's kind of where it's evolved to. And some people got stuck in the first stage. Some people got right in and, and, and took to the second stage of content marketing. And now I look at it as content marketing, especially for those people who say it's dead. Content marketing is now integrated into everything that an organization does, both internal and external communications. And of course, I can get involved. I, I can get more, uh, I can get more uh, in depth with that if you want to. Um, but offline and online channels, uh, you know, events, you know, not just the digital side. Um, and then, of course, you know, the advocacy side in making sure that your customers are promoting you and promoting that kind of same mission. So I think now content marketing should be integrated inside of a inside of an organization, regardless if that's B two B, you know, B two C. Hopefully that that answers some of your questions. Yeah, no, excellent. I think it's a good deep uh, look at, at how you see the evolution as well as the components of it. You know, my experience with with you and primarily with Monetate was I thought they were sort of early in and, and really adopted it in a way to get the brand uh, out there. Because one thing I've been seeing in, in the B two B space uh, is that from a sales standpoint, it's harder and harder to have those conversations. So you need a way to effectively get your story, your message, your point of view out so that folks and the retailers, potential customers, prospects can on their own terms, you know, learn about your business and your brand. And that is why I think it's, it's still important and it's still valuable. And if you aren't getting your message out there effectively, it is a critical piece of that. You're absolutely right. I mean, it gets down to making sure that the buyer knows who you are when they are ready, mm -hmm. not necessarily when you are ready to tell them about yourself. That's probably the most important piece is when, you, when, when the buyer's ready to reach out to you, that they know a lot about you. They know the, the who, the what, the why, the how. They yeah. know that piece. And you want to make sure that you're doing that through content, but again, through everything that you do internal, so all of your organization inside your organization knows what that mission is and how you're delivering that message. Um, external and everything that you do, again, both online and offline. It can't just be one distribution channel through social media or through SEO or, you know, or some other way. Mm -hmm. so, so when we think about you know, companies that are looking to invest in, in content management, uh, content marketing, CM, let's just say, uh, I guess one thing that's going to be important to them is understanding how do you measure an effective program? What are the KPIs that you're going to want to consider and look at? Uh, because sometimes it's more of a long tail or sometimes you're, you're not going to be able to effectively measure it as easily as maybe some other methods. So what, what's been your experience in, in actively and effectively measuring the impact of CM? Right. So anybody who's getting into content marketing needs to have that analytic piece and that measurement piece. Um, and of course, like I said earlier, they need to have that distribution plan as well, how they're going to distribute that content. But I look at it as, you know, kind of three kind of top level categories. I look at it first as awareness, right? How, how many people, you can call it top of funnel, whatever you want to, however you want to define it. But I look at it as how many people are, or what, what are the, what's the quantification of your, uh, of your content or, or your consumption? How do you quantify the consumption mm -hmm. of your content? Um, that could be as simple as page views, you know, whatever, you know, inbound, you know, uh, interest, site traffic, whatever. 
Uh, then you have to look at um, those conversion metrics, right? How much influence is your content having driving people into, into the opportunity phase, into the opportunity stage for your business. Mm -hmm. That could be either direct or influence, you know, however you want to, you know, you want to develop those KPIs. Uh, then, of course, the business, right? You've got to get down to how much of this content is impacting your business. You know, we talk all the time about how to start a content marketing program. And, and for years, people were saying, oh, well, just hire a journalist because they're storytellers, right? And that's a great start, right? They know how to write, you hope, you hope, you know, and they know how to tell a story. Um, there also can be subject matter experts, especially if you cherry pick, you know, a writer from an editor, or journalist from the local trade, from the trade magazine, you know, and they know the industry, they know the space. So they're writers and they're subject matter experts. But oftentimes those content marketers, they don't understand the business objectives, mm -hmm. right? And they don't understand that this, the organization runs on revenue, you know, sales, the sales yeah. you know, and, and you've got to make sure that you have that right person in place who either understands it, knows that, or wants to understand and learn it. Because Joe's metrics are going to be important to really quantifying. And of course, there's qualitative metrics as well, but quantifying the success of your content marketing efforts. And then last, but certainly not least, is something that I'm paying a lot more attention to in my efforts um, in content marketing is the retention piece, right? So a marketing, marketer's role is not just to help an organization get business and get revenue, but their goal should also be to turn those customers into customers who buy more, who renew, and then advocate for your business. And if you're a content marketing and your goal is that as well, that's the success. That's the win. Great. Yeah, it seems like as far as success, how you quantify and qualify success, it's it's a piece of the business where there's so many different ways to, to slice and dice. So you yeah. have to have a very broad view of, of KPIs when it comes to content marketing. I think um, you know, for myself, I, I look at the role it's playing in sales as well. And you're seeing uh, sales systems, CRM systems, starting to incorporate content pieces uh, where content is selected and delivered as part of a, a sales funnel. Right. So people are actively in certain stages of the sales funnel, they get certain components. And so the content marketing itself is, is built up layer upon layer in sort of an organic way so that it takes someone, as you mentioned, through the story of what a company sells and how they want to interact with their customers. I think that's an effective way to sort of bring them along in the process. Because as I mentioned earlier, again, the sales models are shifting. And to your point about how people consume it on their own terms, like we are used to now all the time when it comes to media and podcasts or music or TV, everything we're consuming on our own terms. And I think content marketing fits into that model of, of consumption. Yeah. And there's another piece of that and you kind of inferred it, right? It's that sales enablement piece, right? Mm -hmm. It's allowing to folks like me on the marketing side to work with folks like you or other people who are on the sales side to understand what your pain points are mm -hmm. and then what your customers' pain points are. So Again, getting back to that journalist analogy, a lot of times journalists and writers, they knew or they thought they knew what their readers wanted. And they just either wrote stories that their editors told them to write or they wrote stories that they thought their readers wanted to read. Anybody who's getting into content marketing needs to understand that where those stories come from have to come from within the entire organization, from sales, from operations, from account management, from leadership, and of course, your customers. And anybody who's going to start creating a content marketing program or integrate content marketing into their organization needs to be needs to already be convinced that they're not the only ones who are going to create those stories and what the potential buyer wants to hear from you. Yeah, I think that's important because you never know where you're going to get the next great idea. And that was something that I always felt with Monetate 
it was very welcoming uh, environment. I mean, I had lots of crazy ideas. I would bring them to you guys and some were hits, some were misses. I would write them up myself. You guys would help edit them and we'd get, get that stuff out there because I think that's important because each of us bring a perspective that um, you know is unique and in many regards, if it's respected, it helps the own the culture of the organization itself to sort of be very welcoming. I think that that's critical nowadays too, where you never know where the next great idea is coming from. You you nailed it, yeah. right? Um, to be successful inside, like you said, Monetate, and even with the last organization that I was at, it's making sure that uh, people feel like they're involved in the process. Mm-hmm. Um, you talk about we talk about silos, right? If content marketing or if marketing in general is siloed inside of any organization, it will fail. So speaking of Failures, and let's talk about successes. Um, you know, in your experience, what are some good sort of stories where you remember something, someone came up with an idea, it got deployed, and it was great, or it was an absolute mess? And I think uh, hearing about you know how how those processes happen would be interesting. So you're going to have misses, right? And any marketer will tell you, um, and I know you know on the e-commerce side, right? It's all about testing. Right. So another and testing and iterating. Right. So you're not going to know what you need to test on or against unless you know what, you know, first of all, you have to have that control, but then you also have to have things that didn't work. Right. Mm -hmm. So anybody who's afraid to fail in content marketing should not be in content marketing. Um, But a success. Right. I'll give you a success that we had together at Monetate. Right. Um, And and fortunately, it's great to see that they're still doing it. Right. Um, It was called the EQ or the e-commerce quarterly. Uh, And it was published four times a year. Um, I believe, and I hope it is, because they're still doing it, it's referenced frequently by analysts and by trade media. Um, and I'm sure it's referenced by the brands that use monetate services. Yeah. Uh, but what it was, it was a collection of aggregate data. And you probably had a much better idea than number because I can't recall mm-hmm. it. But millions and millions and millions of transactions that monetate saw. And that we were able to take that, uh, that data and we were able to, to put it in context on how and why it would impact our the consumers of our product, the mm-hmm. buyers of, of, of the monetate solution. What I thought was great about the EQ, and I still think you know, it, it's great to see that it's still out there, it's an, ex, it's an example of unearthing content that you didn't know you had, right? So I don't have the context of how we thought of it, but at some point, somebody came, we, we were in a room and we said, you know, we've got all these transactions from all these retailers from around the world. And again, we aggregate it. We didn't call out a specific retailer or anything like that. Um, but we were able to aggregate all of this content, AOV, uh, you know, all, all the key metrics that e-commerce companies use, mm-hmm. and, and put it in a report that made it consumable and digestible by the readers of it. So I think that is an example of, you know, and again, you might ask me, you know, what were the KPIs for that, right? Well, we looked at, you know, how much, you know, how much media uh, used it and leveraged it. I mean, when we did our e-commerce quarterly um, for the holiday season, I mean, we were up until all hours of the night waiting for, you know, analysts and media to get the numbers. You know, Mm -hmm. we rivaled the Adobe stuff that they put out, which was really flattering and really cool. Um, So that was one one of the ways that we, we looked at the EQ. I think another way we made it successful was the example of everyone contributing. Now, I know... Um, first of all, the name. We didn't even come up with a name. You know, I think one of your colleagues on the on the, on the uh, yeah, it was a, it was a group thing. It was definitely a, there was a contest about yeah. And we put it, it out. We put it out on Yammer or something, and we yeah. said, look, whoever comes up with the best name will give you something, right? Yeah. And, and and one of your colleagues came up with the name for the EQ. So I don't even take credit for that, right? Um, I also don't take credit for all of the because um, each EQ focused on a specific theme, right? I don't take credit for all, creating all the themes either because I think you came. 
I know. As a matter of fact, I know yeah. you came to us with examples of, hey, I think we should cover this, or I think we should at least look at the data and see if there's a story to be told in the EQ. Yeah, because I think that's part of what, what I see with the EQ, as with other types of content, it's it's the question that matters. Like, what are the things that you actually want to know? What, what would be interesting to me that might be interesting to retailers as well? And that was the unique thing about the EQ is because you know, Monetate has this viewpoint of number of retailers and allow you to take a benchmark against what you as a retailer are doing. So you could see that, wow, you know, the average across all these retailers are generating X amount of conversion on their mobile sites right. for Apple devices. Wow, I'm way off of that. That means something. That there's value there I, that, that expo- exposes me in some way, but it also allows me to to act on that. So I, I definitely always felt that it was a cool thing to share and talk about. And I'm I'm constantly looking for those angles within other companies too. Like, do you have some information that you have locked away that can be not necessarily productized, but made into made valuable to others? And you know, the EQ I think could have been a, a pay for. Item. It could have been something they gave only to customers. But I yeah, think we that, talked about doing that. Yeah. You know, but we think, talked about it. And yeah. that's that's another aspect of what, what the value of content. If it's valuable, people would pay for it. And I think they would have paid for it. However, it also drove a lot of interest and showcased the fact that this 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 uh, massive retailers were using this platform and generating a tremendous amount of valuable information. Yeah, and, and and you know, in that example, you know, anything that you create, the, the old analogy in the content marketing space is your content should either educate, inform, or entertain. You know, and, mm-hmm. and we tried to do at least two of those three. Sometimes maybe you would even say it was entertaining because sometimes you saw, you know, you mentioned and I re- I've been removed a little for a little while from the e-commerce space. So yeah. You mentioned conversion rates and AOV and 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 device preference and, and geography was really big, sure. right? Like, you know, people in a certain uh, area of the country, you know, might have had a higher AOV or higher conversion rates on a certain device than another one. Uh, and how it was written, right? It was also written to not just educate, inform, but sometimes to entertain. And of course, you know, we we, we had some fun at, at at Monetate as well with some of our content because it also kind of showcased the brand itself and the culture, and that's really important as well. Yep. Totally agree. So so okay, so that was a good example of what went right. Can you think of one that that uh, you know, if you can do it all over again, probably not the best idea to put it out there. <laughs> <laughs> well, you and I were talking about this uh, before we went on. Um, we always tried to look at, like we did an infographic once. Um, I'll get to the w- idea that I thought was good at the time that I'm not sure I would do it now. Um, but we did an infographic on election day, right? And we, we, we did an infographic and we took a state map and we made um, states blue and states red, you know, based on a specific e-commerce KPI. So we always try to do something around an event. Topical. Right? Topical. Make it relevant, right? It's, 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 in the content world, it's called newsjacking. Right. It's, you know, how to how to take something that's in the news and kind of own it for your business. Some businesses really go too far on the newsjacking side. Some of them really do it well. Um, So on Valentine's Day, um, you know, we wanted to talk about, again, e-commerce metrics, how the holiday. I don't even know if it's technically a holiday, but how how how, uh, Valentine's Day. According to Hallmark, it is. Yeah. According to Hallmark and women, it's a holiday. (laughs) Um, But on uh Valentine's Day, we did it. We released an infographic, and um, this was one of my ideas. Um, and I surfed, I, I serviced it to our CMO who liked it. Um, I serviced it to other people who did not like it. But um, you, I'll let oh, you. Okay. I'll, I'll let you I'll, explain. I'll, I'm I'll, talking way because I brought it up. No, yeah, it's yeah. not. Hey, well, you're the person <laughs> for you. But yeah. So the uh, the name of the the campaign. Was, it was an infographic. Infographic was. Um, Retailers get their hearts on for Valentine's Day. 
And, you know, we were talking about it before the podcast and like, you know what, you probably couldn't do that now in this current climate. But then it was fun. It was irreverent. um, And it was just, you know, cute and definitely got a lot of interest. And sometimes, you know, there's no such thing as bad PR. So there's that. But I think it's also something that you don't want to offend your audience. And I've, I've heard it described in a lot of different ways, but never cute, Eric. So thank you for describing it as cute. It did have a heart, not the word hard on, but yes. it did have a heart in the headline. Um, and again, to your point, um, was it the right message at the right time? Perhaps. Um, but today, you know, in this day and age, um, I probably wouldn't lead with something like that. Yeah, definitely. And that's, that's I mean, when you say topical, uh, you need to understand the, the climate that you're in and how news jacking. I like that. I'm going to use that. I don't know how, how I'm going to use it, but I'm going to find yeah, a way to I didn't invent that term. Uh, David Merriman Scott did, uh, and he is uh, he, he's an unbelievable uh, But you know when you see market. it, like I think all of us have seen oh, newsjacking news yeah, in action. Yeah, yeah. And, it uh, gets overdone, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah for sure. So um, you know, one other aspect that we were going to talk about, and I think it's another valuable component of what why people invest in content marketing, is the impact on SEO. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, again, it's about push and pull. It's about putting content out there that pulls people into the site, or you may be pushing out as part of a marketing program. But this is, I guess, more on the pull side. Now, what is the role that you see it playing as part of a broader SEO strategy? Yeah, I mean, before I came out here today to talk to you, it was interesting because I read on my LinkedIn feed, which I try to read every day, um, you know, about content marketing and content sitting inside of SEO or mm-hmm. vice versa, having SEO sit with content. And I think any organization that silos content from SEO is in, you know, they need to make sure that everything they're doing from an optimization standpoint for search engines, for Google, um, is there any other search engine besides Google these days? Um, bing. But, uh, yeah, bing. Uh, you know, they're, they're on the same page with content, right? And I think your content practitioners should be SEO experts. And I think your SEO people should know how to create good content, right? So I think it's, they're both, right? And you and I were talking again before I came on about, you know, kind of the agency model. I don't want to go off on a tangent here, right? But you've got SEO agencies that are reinventing themselves as you know, content, you know, and they, and, they, and they offer content services, content marketing services, right? Um, you've got brand agencies who are doing content, you know? So, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a lot to be said about the SEO value of your content and making sure that something as simple as the headlines that you're creating for your blog, your awareness content, your top of funnel content, matches the SEO strategy of your organization. So those two teams need to be either the same people or definitely sitting next to each other because if they're siloed, again, it's it's a it's it's a it's a sign that you won't be successful. Totally. Uh, so one other topic, and I'm not sure if we want to go there or not, mm-hmm. is about you know personalization. And I think it's something that that everyone out there is sort of striving towards this concept of understanding your customers, understanding data about them and coming up with unique messages or stories that resonate. Um, I, I don't know how effective that's been done in the content marketing space. I know that there's some companies out there that, that are trying to execute mm-hmm. at a platform level. Right. Um, but what is your take on sort of how those two fields fit together, or are we not there yet, or is it not the place to be focused? I think it's the place to focus, and I think people have been trying to focus on it for a long time. I mean, I talked to somebody yesterday, a CMO, um, and 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 we talked about that concept of delivering the right message to the right person at the right time. And he said to me, God, that's been so overused. It's such a cliche. And I said, yeah, it is. I said, but isn't that what everybody's trying to do with personalization of, 
of their site visits, of content, whatever it is. I mean, mm-hmm. on the e-commerce side, making sure you're delivering relevant content, to re- relevant offers and relevant product to people, um, as well as on the content side. So I absolutely think that that should be a push. Now, the content side of it would say, well, we develop personas all the time. And our goal as content marketers is to, de- is to create and develop relevant content that targets those personas. Mm-hmm. So if you're doing it right, you're already should be kind of delivering that message. You know, if your influencers are, you know, X and Y title, you will deliver different content to them than you may do, you know, your, your, your decision maker who doesn't need that, that type of, you know, that, that type of content. And then, of course, you get into the whole ADM model and, and that stuff that you can, you know, you can yeah, table but that I, I, I do see the way, you know, the way you're couching it. And I would agree. It's, it's less about personalizing one-to-one. It's more about segmented, really effective communication to, uh, an audience it's relevancy that, right yeah. it's who it's it's who when where you know where they are i mean it's not just spray and pray you can't do that you know um it's funny because that same cmo and i were talking about this yesterday and he said you know how is a content marketer do you create that hit record you know how do you create that eq you know how do you create that you know piece of content that you know, marketo or salesforce or whoever you know created in years past and I told him, and he was taken aback by it. I said, you don't. I said, you don't do that anymore. So I gave him the analogy. He says, how do you create the hit record? I said, you don't create the hit record anymore. Instead, you create a collection of songs that makes the artist known for being an incredible singer-songwriter or an incredible artist. Right? And people go on tour, or people go see him on tour or her on tour. They buy their music. But you know, I can't remember, and maybe it's because of I'm dating myself here, but I can't remember the last time somebody made it huge because of one song. They don't, it doesn't happen anymore. Mm-hmm. Right? So I said to the CMO, if you're looking to create one piece of content that's going to impact your business and make your business highly successful and allow you to you know, tell, tell, tell the rest of your leadership team, well, content worked. I said, I think you're looking for the wrong place. I said, look for that collection. And that gets back to content marketing 3.0, mm-hmm. which is make sure that content your mission of content, your, whatever your content mission statement is, make sure that that's integrated inside your entire organization. Everybody inside your organization knows it. They talk about it. They contribute to it. And then everywhere, everywhere you reach that potential buyer, you're reaching them with that story. Like that. So everyone's a salesperson and everyone's a content marketer in the organization. I, I think I think that's what we're getting to, right? You know, some people can tell a story better than others. You know, but you told again, getting back to the monetate days, you were able to tell a great story. But you weren't hired on the marketing team, but we leveraged you because you were able to tell an effective story about X, Y, or Z. You know, on the content side, I was hired, and humbly speaking, I think I can be successful for an organization because I understand that what I'm doing as a marketer should drive the business. It's I'm just not out there creating content. The goal is to make an impact on your business. Awesome. I think that's what we're all trying to do here. Um, well, Rob, that was great. So any, any parting shots, any things you would like to leave the audience with as we head off into the sunset? Yeah, if you're creating a content, riding off into the sunset. Um, if you're creating content um, just for the sole purpose of saying that you do content marketing, stop. Stop and reevaluate it um, because you will likely regret the time that you spent purely just creating content and saying you had content. Um, it has evolved. It's not dead. It needs to be part of your organization and part of your culture, both on the marketing side and kind of holistically inside the entire organization. Awesome. Well, that was great. Well, thanks a lot, Rob. And uh, we'll definitely be hearing more from you, I'm sure, in the future. 
Thanks. Appreciate it. Well, I hope you've enjoyed the second edition of the Agents of E-Commerce podcast. I'd like to thank Rob again for his time. He did a great job. And if any of you are interested in contacting him, you can check him out at his website at robyogel.com. That's R-O-B-Y-O-E-G-E-L.com. And until next time, just remember, the ending is just the start of a new beginning.